Thank you very much, uh, Mina and the praise team. Uh, the songs you've selected and what you've done so fitting with today's theme. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome all the high C students as well who are joining us uh, today. Um, I really miss all of you, so it's good to have you with us, as well as all the college students too. You know, during my time here at uh, St. Tim's, one of the themes that have uh, really been instilled in me over the years with Reverend Kim's preaching and teaching is that with faith, our circumstances do not dictate things, but that our faith does. I do believe that. But you know, if I'm honest, I felt the true power of circumstances. And more than once, these circumstances have brought me to my knees. And this happened most recently about two weeks ago. And it was a Monday. And for pastors, you know, Monday is the day we're supposed to kind of recharge and we reflect so that we can hit the ground running on Tuesday as we build up again towards Sunday. But you know, with kids in virtual school since January and they were home for the whole holidays too, uh, there was no moment to really recenter myself. I was losing my sense of centeredness and quite frankly, losing my mind. You know, I was completely driven by the circumstances. So that Monday, I don't know, like Junie, he just couldn't really focus in front of the computer. He's kind of a restless guy to begin with, right? So, and I don't blame him though. I mean, it's hard to expect kindergarten students to just stay focused in front of a screen, right, Josh? Yeah, it's tough. And I know that these overall circumstances have affected our kids so greatly too. And I think that's why he's been more moody and kind of angry and things like that too. So that day, just trying to keep him focused, in his chair at least, you know, and dealing with moody behavior, I just, I lost it. I just had like an inner breakdown. And that whole week, me and Deb were very short-fused and bickering, and I was stressed out about the work that I couldn't do. And I mean, I'm a spiritual leader. I'm supposed to be calm and centered, but there was none of that. And this is when I felt truly brought to my knees by the circumstances. You know, this past year, we've all been at the mercy of constantly changing circumstances. I know that other parents with young children can relate to what I just shared. Um, you know, one parent in a Bible study recently just shared that she is simply overwhelmed. You know, for our high C students with us. I mean, this is a time in life where so much of their life experience and learning stems from social interactions and relationships. But so much of that has been taken away too. Our college students feel alone, isolated, and just unmotivated. And there's so many more of us that are going through many different circumstances from all of this. We've experienced the immense and fearsome power of nature during the pandemic. And I believe we'll be feeling the effects of these circumstances long after life resumes back to normal, I mean, whatever that normal is. This is the reality of life. We are under the constant grip of our circumstances. I mean, sometimes they're good, so we enjoy them as much as we can, and we give thanks for them. But sometimes, circumstances bring us down and flatten us. 
when our circumstances overwhelm us, we're unable to function properly or be the person we want to be. We lose control of our lives and we lose control of ourselves. And so I wonder, can we really live without being dictated by our circumstances? Do our circumstances dictate who we are, what we do, what we think of, and the kind of people we become? I really think this is a fundamental question for all human beings. Can we be more than mere creatures of our circumstances? You know, throughout the long history of the Jewish people, They've constantly been at the mercy of circumstances dictated by powerful outside forces. They could not avoid nor escape the reality of their circumstances. But the enduring character we see throughout the Bible is that no matter what their circumstances were and how terrible things became, somehow they believed in a power that was ultimately greater than the very real circumstances they faced. This power was their God, Yahweh, the Lord. Belief in this God was what bound them together as a people. The Jewish historian Saul Friedlander describes them this way. Since the beginning of its history, this people has seen itself as alone and surrounded by enemies and has been incapable of having faith in anything save its God and then its destiny. For centuries, misfortune and catastrophe have always seemed to be the most imminent eventualities, though the trust in ultimate deliverance has never entirely disappeared. Our identity is linked to this vision of the world and of the future. Today's psalmist is firmly rooted in this tradition. The circumstances he's faced and saw were bleak. His people were scattered and lost among the nations after spending 75 years in exile with no real place to call home. Jerusalem was still in ruins, and the temple there where God had once resided so gloriously was in shambles too. Powerful people in powerful nations had dictated their circumstances, and they were suffering and struggling from them. But as Chris read in our passage today, what is the central declaration of the psalmist? It is praise the Lord, or hallelujah in Hebrew. Hallel is praise in Yah for Yahweh. So praise the Lord, hallelujah. Psalms begins and ends with that hallelujah. And in between the beginning and the end is the content of his praise. Right? The psalm describes a powerful God who created the world and the same God who takes care of those who suffer from circumstances brought on by powerful people and forces. 
In a world that values the strong and the swift, the psalmist declares that God is on the side of those who fear him and who hope in him. A God who cares and is still in charge. That is the content of the psalmist's praise. And so this gives us a profound insight now, praise is not necessarily or only an expression of joy for the things that are going well. Praise is the declaration that even in spite of the difficult things in my life, God is in charge and cares for me. I mean, that is a bold declaration. It's an audacious declaration. And it even seems like a foolish declaration. You know, when we're brought down by our circumstances, it's hard. We can't just force ourselves to believe that somehow God is in charge and will take care of us, especially in this modern world. And this is when I realized that praise is not merely what comes out of our mouths. What comes out of our mouths in praise is actually the end of a spiritual process that begins in our hearts. A process that begins in our hearts and ends with the praises that flow from our hearts and out of our mouths. Praise is a deeply spiritual process. It's a movement of elevation from our present circumstances to God's realm of reality. It's an upward movement beyond our present circumstances. And during this upward movement, our souls become more and more united with God's spirit. When we've reached God's realm of reality, we see beauty. We experience healing. And we see God's vision for life and the world. And when we experience that realm of God's reality, our hearts are changed and praise just flows from our hearts and out of our mouths. The psalmist says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Praise begins with faith that God has prepared, prepared a place for me to heal my heart and bind my wounds. At our Jerusalem, we relinquish our will so that our souls can be pulled up into God's presence. And so praise opens our hearts for God's saving power to come into us. My friends, we need to cultivate this spirituality of praise, most especially when things are difficult and when we are overwhelmed by our circumstances. This spirituality of praise is the only way we can deal with and overcome the many difficult things and circumstances that come our way. You know, our worship liturgy, I think we found such a beautiful groove in worship. You know, uh, I love it. I love being here. Our worship liturgy, it embodies this spiritual flow that pulls us into God's presence. 
So let me explain our worship liturgy by painting a mental picture for all of us. You know, during the week, we live out in the cold valley, exposed to the elements. There may be sunny days where it's nice and warm, so we enjoy that. But there are also many days when harsh winds blow, when the cold gives us frostbite, food is scarce, and predators abound. I mean, we can become exhausted and ragged from life in that wild valley. But every week, we hear a horn blowing, summoning all of us to the base of the mountain. So from all corners of the valley, we stream toward the mountain lodge at the base of the mountain. The chalet doors open, and we are invited in. This is our call to worship. It's God's invitation for us to enter this precious time and space with him on the mountain. So we come in from the cold and into the warm chalet room. We feel the warm air in the room. We smell nice food coming in from the kitchen. There are hangers for our wet coats and food for our hungry stomachs. We're encouraged by the presence of others who have made their way here too. This is the time we sing our praise songs. Wasn't praise wonderful this morning? This time of praise begins to warm us up and open our hearts. Now that we're warm, dry, and fed, we enter into the shower area. And there, we see how dirty our bodies have become throughout the week. We examine the cuts and bruises we've sustained. We take a nice hot shower to cleanse ourselves of the dirt and dried blood. This is our congregational prayer. Like Chris did today, our elders articulating where we're at, our states of mind, and where we need confession and repentance. This is a moment we look at ourselves honestly to see where we're hurting, what we rejoice in, and what we need God's help in. From the shower area, now dressed in fresh clothes and cleanly groomed, we walk towards the gondola entrance that will lift us up the mountain. We offer thanksgiving for being in this place. We're thankful for having made it another week out in the wild. We thank God for the provision that sustained us, and we rededicate ourselves to God. This is the time of our offering and thanksgiving. From there, we go into the gondola, and it begins its ascent up the mountain. Now, on the way up, we feel the sensations in our stomach as we move upward. You know, the earth below gets smaller and smaller as we continue our climb. This is the moment of the scripture reading and choir anthem or special music. You know, its purpose is to begin the ascent of our souls to meet God. It prepares us for what God will show us and say to us. We anticipate in excitement what God will reveal to us this day. And finally, we've reached the mountain summit. The Lord greets us and takes us to a unique spot on the summit. So each time we go up there, God takes us to a different spot with a slightly different view. And there the Lord directs our eyes. We see the beauty of creation from this peak. 
the Lord points down and where we've been treading below, the wrong turns we've been making, the dangerous paths we've been on. The Lord points out things we haven't seen before, a new mountain peak, a new river winding in the valley. The Lord tells us how to get there. What an amazing discovery. This is the sermon. It's the word of God being given to us. We are listening intently, examining ourselves, and being led by God to see God's vision for my life, for this world, and for all the beauty in it. And from this, we understand now our circumstances in a new light. We see the beauty of life and new possibilities for it. And having seen God's vision and discovered new insights, we ponder and reflect on what that might mean for us. This is the reflection song and time of reflection. We sing, we pray, we cry, we feel our wounds mending. We make resolutions to live differently and to think about things differently. And we pray for God's help and guidance. And now, having experienced all that we have, we join together for a final song of praise that rings forth from the mountaintop. This is the closing song we sing. Here is where the process that began in our hearts flows out of our mouths in praise. I've really been feeling that these days. That's why, I mean, my brother Joe, he always makes fun of me nowadays, like uh, when he sees me on the Zoom camera, but I don't care. We let what's in our heart just flow out in praise, out of our mouths, right? Amen? Thank you, brothers and sisters here. Yeah. Thanks no, who cares now? We sing with the fervor and passion that expresses what we've just experienced in our hearts. And so we join today's psalmist in declaring that the one who created everything is the one who cares for me and will see me through. Being refreshed, given new perspective, and healing, ex experiencing healing of my wounds, I am charged by God to go back down to the valley. And this is the benediction. I don't go back down as the same person, but as someone slightly changed. I go back down with praise, ready for another day or week. I am blessed. I am renewed. I am full of life once again. And so I make a grace-filled descent back down to the valley. And this, my friends, is the whole process of praise. Isn't it beautiful? It's amazing. If we have this spirituality of praise, God's power will sustain us through anything that comes our way. My friends, praise is a spiritual discipline. It's something we need to do every day. It's something that we need to do together every week. Because the life that we live, as we all know, is full of twists and turns. 
Our circumstances are indeed so powerful and can bring us to our knees. But let us renew ourselves with praise and let the power of God carry us through. The prophet Isaiah said this, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And what a beautiful vision of worship. So especially when you are knocked down, bruised and battered, bring your whole selves into this process of praise. And as you do so, as your soul is pulled into God's saving presence, open your mouths wide with praise and let God's praises ever be on your lips. Amen. Let us sing together now. <clears throat>